0: Welcome to Focus Fire Chat.
1: Explore together.
0: Welcome to Focus Fire Chat, recorded on December 2nd, 2020. As always, I want to thank you for. Joining us once again. This week's episodes are going to be focused around exploring the Covenant. This particular episode will serve as what we have come to call the advanced session of the week's exploration. Congratulations to those who signed up for a deeper dive. Before we go any further, however, let's run through a quick introduction of who all is on the show. As always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86, and. As always, with Halo, we have our good friend, our as guest co-host,
1: Pins Halo. Pins, how are you doing tonight? Doing well, you know. A little cross-eyed from trying to put the notes together, because, you know... <laughs> Why? There's not, there's not, like,
0: a, a dozen summary, thousand pages, pages of information?
1: Pages. <laughs> <laughs> a summary should not be ten pages. <laughs> but then again, you're talking about the Covenant, so how yeah. can it not be ten pages?
0: Oh, man. Um... All right, so so last last episode or the the first part of this week's episode, we talked kind of a general like really big fifty thousand foot view of of who the Covenant are of you know what the different species within the Covenant, um, their different positions, kind of like a very big general idea of their different positions. We had uh, a little quick chat about how the Covenant tells the passage or how they mark the passage of time uh which i, I still think that's kind of cool um so for this one uh, I'm, I'm assuming we're going to start diving a little bit more into the weeds uh we're going to take a journey if you will um and i know i think you have here the great journey is is this yeah. big big thing with the covenant so yeah. what is this great journey
1: so, again, um, the covenant is all based upon, is a religious, it's actually a religious organization. It's a, And uh, it's all based upon the worshipping of the forerunners. Um, so, but also at the key of it um, was <clears throat> this idea of the great journey. Um, essentially, the idea was if they stay if they followed the path and whatnot, they would transcend existence and become gods um early on when the when the prophets had located the dreadnought and had or when the uh, reformers had taken the dreadnought and had left they had started researching the, the the data that was there on the dreadnought um so they started translating the foreign terminals and Um, As while they were doing the decoding of this, they came across information regarding the activation of the halo rays. Now, again, this was the idea of a last resort weapon, uh, of a last resort to stop the flood, where you would wipe out all life in the galaxy to um, starve the flood. However, as with most things, when you first come across something new and you're trying to decode it, it all your suppositions all are based upon that you've decoded, decoded it properly. This was not the case. Um, In the research of... Insert uh, record this, scratch. Right, right, yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, so instead of seeing the activation of the Halo Ray as, oh, well, we wiped everybody out to try to stop the flood, they read it as, oh, we fired this ring, the rings were fired, and the Forerunners all... Transcended into gods, and this idea of locating the halo rings, activate activating them, and essentially becoming god becoming gods, ended up being the basis of their religion. This is what they sold to all the other species in their treaties. With this idea of you know, it didn't matter who you are if you stayed true to the path, you would transcend this existence and become divine, uh, much like the forerunners were. So, with that note, and with that in mind, we'll kind of get started on the history of the covenant. Now, um, as I said early on, the split between the, and the prophets, between the Stoics and the, Reform, uh, the Reformers, um, yeah, the Sto- Stoics and the Reformists, uh, for the prophets, led to the Reformists leaving. Um, and they started making their way around to uh, locate Forerunner. Um, They had devices known as luminaries that could detect Forerunner relics, and they followed along to research it, to claim these Forerunner relics, to help advance them even further with the idea of finding these rings to allow them to become divine. Well, in their search, in 938 BCE, the Prophets encountered the Elites. Um. Initially, they just came to study the foreign artifacts that were found on Zanghelios because, again, um, there were foreign artifacts there. Zanghelios knew they were there. Um, and much like the Stoics, they were like, "Okay, we want to just. We don't want to be heretics. We want to just worship these. We don't think they should be touched or damaged or interfered with in any way, even though they had some scientists that were doing it on the sly." Um. So initially. There, you know, they seemed to have some common ground, but because of the differences, much like which what happened on Genjarquum, fighting up broke out for two different ideals. This is known as the War of Beginnings, and it lasted eighty-six years. Um, the Sangheili had the advantage early on, um, being a warrior race and and whatnot, but this got balanced out with the technology that the prophets had. And with the idea that it got things, so it kind of went back and forth in a deadlock. But the one thing the Sang the Sangheili could not counter was the dreadnought. They had nothing to stop that. Um, and this I is mean, not
0: the dreadnought from Destiny. This is a different dreadnought.
1: Yes, this is the this is the key ship, the one that you see leave High Charity at the end of Halo Two and lands on Earth in Halo Three, and or yeah. No? Yeah. Lands in Halo Halo 3. It lands on Earth and um, activates the portal. Um, It's a triangular looking ship. Um, It actually has a very sleek look to it. So uh, it's actually very pretty. Um, So, I mean, but during the war, the elites ended up violating their own beliefs to try to get some uh, technological advantage, where so they tried to get information allow them to fight back. But as I said, they just could... They had no answer for the Dreadnought. So, they. it wasn't long... After 86 years, <laughs> they realized that if they kept going, it would just... Both species would end up being annihilated. Um, because of this, and because the Elites knew they had no answer for the Dreadnought, they ended up surrendering. Um, but the Elites could respect the Prophets because... Despite the fact that they weren't warriors by nature, they fought very hard, and you know they used what they had. The prophets could respect the sang the elites because they were a warrior case they were a warrior culture uh and they realized that they'd be better off without as allies so in recognizing this they the uh writ of union was created, which um, allowed the two of them to become allies. This is actually the formal um, this was in eighteen in eight fifty two B.C.E. and um, when the uh, when essentially the covenant was created. Now, excuse me. As I said in the previous episode, as with anything, there's nothing. Nothing goes one hundred percent smooth. Um, for the longest time, um, the Sangheili's were the Sangheili was a very honor bound race, and they helped serve as the military arm of the covenant. Um, and the arbiter throughout this point in time was used in many cases, um, to help, uh, fight other covenant, uh, other races to bring them into the fold. And, um, also to help keep, you know, soothe the, all of the, and unite the Sangheili. This all kind of came to a head in 20, uh, 2110 with the arbiter, Fal Shavame. Um, A traditional Sangheili, he actually refuted the covenant religion. Um, He ended up being branded as a heretic, and his family was slain by another member of his clan, uh, the Sangheili who slain them. His name was Hakka. The two faced off in a final fight, uh, and they each slain each other in that final fight. Um, Because of this, the arbiter uh, position, which once was a high honor for Sangheili, ended up becoming a position that only disgraced Sangheili would be offered as a way to regain their honor, um, usually at the expense of their own lives. Um, As we see in Halo 2, uh, Thel Vadume, um, the shipmaster who actually led the assault on Reach um, and uh, and, uh, who the... uh, And essentially the one who couldn't stop the pillar of autumn and couldn't stop master chief from blowing up the ring opening of halo two. He's put on trial and branded a heretic literally branded. And then later on offered the position of arbiter to try and regain the honor that he had lost. (coughs) Excuse me. So that's, so there's the, the very beginning of the, uh, the covenant. Um, at this point in time, the Huragok actually had already been brought in the Prophets. Um Not long after the Prophets left uh their homeworld, they had discovered a Forerunner M-Series class facility uh, that had Huragok there. Um And pretty much for the only one that was really in a peaceful manner, <laughs> they just kind of took the Huragok and allowed them to do their thing. and translate the uh forerunner to give them the information to the uh and to make just everything work better for the covenant. <laughs> so, the next one the next one the ne- the actual next uh, race that was brought in were actually the Golo. This was in 784 BCE. Um the covenant we're doing was searching for Forerunner relics, found uh, what appeared to be a planet that had a bunch of them there. What they ended up finding were Le- the Lekolo colonies were eating their Forerunner facilities <laughs> and essentially destroyed them. Uh, again, this was seen as a massive heresy. An Arbiter was named at this point in time. Again, this is before Val Chavame, so the Arbiter was still a position of honor. Uh, the Sangheili sent a, an Arbiter to go and try to find a way to uh, defeat the Golo. Uh It was during this that he found that it wasn't the entire Likolo society that destroyed, it was only some and others avoided it. Uh, and it was thought that they could tame the Likolo, which is actually what this was actually called, the taming of Likolo, um, because they couldn't really defeat the, <laughs> defeat them, the Likolo on their own. So the elites threatened, essentially said, okay, fine. Either you, we stop fighting and you join us or we nuke you into oblivion. So, therefore, the Lugulo then became allies. And again, they were actually the first ones to to be brought into the Covenant. The next ones actually were the drones. Uh, This was in um, the year 1112. This is in the Common Era. Um, They were discovered, uh, and it ended up that uh, the Prophets found a way to communicate with the drones, uh, and they were incorporated into the Covenant by way of treaty. Um again they were initially brought in to be engineers, repairs because they had hands that could be used to do repairs. Um and that's what they were brought in for. Uh the next ones that were brought in were actually the jackals and skirmishers. This was in thirteen forty-two. Uh as with most and as with most of these, there was an initial conflict um that uh initially really didn't go the way the Covenant wanted them to go. Uh, the Jackals, uh, their home world is surrounded by a really dense asteroid field. So instead of doing straight-up fighting, they would hide in the, asteroid f- in the asteroid fields. This rendered the Covenant space power moot <laughs> because they didn't know where to focus it. <laughs> um, so, <clears throat> uh, again, negotiations were done. Uh, peace was brokered between the two. And essentially, though the the other thing is, the jackals were actually brought in as mercenaries. Uh, again, they were brought in. They they did they were in charge of some shipping, um, but also they still kind of kept their pirating ways, <laughs> to harass UNSC fleets. Uh, were, well, that's what they did eventually, um, and to be the annoying snipers that we all know and hate immensely. They're really good. Yeah, they don't miss. Okay, uh, <laughs> no, Frickin' Metropolis. Um, the grunts. Okay, the grunts actually came in in twenty one forty two. Uh, initially, they were brought in to be laborers. They were just brought in. They were they were weren't seen as very intelligent. They were just brought in to be the working class. Um, however, when they were initially when they were brought into High Charity, they had displaced uh, the jackals out of their nests. Well, as as of as payback the uh jackal shipmasters ended up rendering grunt populations as infertile <laughs> and the young the grunts, did not take this well so they actually <laughs> rebelled this is, this this was is in, when this people was in, realized oh no they have so many of them mm-hmm. this was in 2462 and uh they proved that they were they could fight uh, um Really, the only time the only way that they stopped was because an arbiter an ar- again an arbiter was brought in to intervene, <laughs> and they threat they threatened to glass Hollow and essentially wipe out the home planet. This ended up causing so um the the war the rebellion was ended, but it also brought the grunts into essentially the combat role uh for the government. Um, again, still kind of like massive waves uh, of troops, kind of a thing, but uh, they ended up getting some more respect than than they had before. So, and then the actual last one were the brutes. They were actually brought in, excuse me, in uh, 2492. Um, as in most cases, they the Covenant was searching for uh, for artifacts and came across the civil the the their homeworld. Uh, the Brutes were in the middle of fighting a civil war and Covenant show up. Some of the Brutes said, sure, you know what? You you're obviously, you know, essentially it's again, survival of the fittest. Fittest was the Covenant. So they try They join a number joined. Uh, those that were in, were unwilling were pretty much defeated quickly through superior firepower and technology. And they ended up joining the Covenant anyway. So that's kind of a quick summary of the Covenant history and how it actually came together prior to the human covenant war in 2525.
0: Nice. And then and so let's take a break real quick, take a breather. Um and then uh we'll jump into the human covenant war. Um so yeah, we'll be right back. Hey! Hi! Do you enjoy being optimistic about bad movies? Or, do you enjoy at least trying to figure out where someone worked really hard on a bad movie? Well, we've got the podcast for you. New to Robots Radio, we represent Fresh Tomatoes, the movie podcast. Each week, we look at two movies that did really badly critically, but we try to find the good in them. And we have segments such as, What Could Have Saved It? and Would You Watch It Again? If you're there on a Saturday night, you want to watch a bad movie, but you're not sure if it's like good-bad, or bad-bad, or if you should even bother, give us a listen. You can find us on Robots Radio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Please come and say hi. We love you already. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Okay, so now we're going to jump forward, what, about 50 years? 40 years? they about,
1: yeah. 30 years? Uh, no. 30 mm-hmm.
0: years? 40 years? 25, 25, 25. 33 years. Okay, cool so twenty five twenty five is when this whole shebang between humans and covenant started again, started for the first is this a first conflict? I mean
1: yeah th- this would actually be the first conflict between the um human the human race and the covenant races. Um, okay the In many cases, the previous um the covenant races. Uh, private, you know, the, the elites, the prophets, even the brutes, in many cases, when they were repopulated back on to their planets, what ended up happening is, like, they were removed remo- as part of the conservation measure that the foreigners placed to try to save races um, before putting them back in after the firing of the halo ring. The difference was they were pretty much at the same technology level and knowledge when they were put back as when they were taken humans however were not human and this was touched in i think the last one where humanity because of the human human forerunner war had actually been devolved to their pre-technology state and it took them the normal you know eon you know millennia to get mm-hmm. back to the point where they were a spacefaring race so by 2525 the uh The humanity was, again, traveling the stars. They had settled both the inner and outer colonies, and at this point in time had populated over 800 worlds, if I remember correctly. Um, So it ends up that it all starts with one ship known as the Minor Transgression. This was a Covenant missionary ship, actually crewed primarily by uh, Kiggyar jackals, although there was a, uh, a Grunt deacon. Uh, which was a, the deacon was the, was the lowest member of the covenant religion, but yet the highest that a grunt could actually be in the religion. So, yeah. And, uh, one huragak by the name of lighter than some.
0: (laughs) It's so sad. He's just trying to help.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So a human ship falls out of slip space because of a failed drive. The missionary ship comes across it, raids it. It, this would happen to have been an unmanned ship. Um they of course find out where it's coming from and it, they continue doing their raiding. Um the the next um the next ship however did actually have a pilot and there was fighting with this. Uh the human pilot by the name of Henry Gibson did fight against the uh the intrusion and actually had gained the upper hand on uh, the Grunt Deacon. Um, and at this point, it is probably one of the most ironic things that occurred in the Halo universe. Um, the Huragok are a very peaceful race. They, they don't do violence at all. Um, the uh, Grunt Deacon, by the name of Dadab, um, had struck a friendship up with the Huragok, with Lighter Than Some. And to the point where the Hurragach was showing Dadab some of the sign language that the Hurragach used. Dadab was, and it tried showing a game to the Hurragach where they would, he would throw rocks and kill rats that are on the ship. <laughs> the Hurragachs don't like killing at all, so he didn't participate it. But Henry Gibson got the edge on Dadab and was getting ready to kill him until he was struck by a rock. Thrown by lighter than some. Of all the ironies, a war that would last over 50 years, destroy billions of lives, both in the Covenant and in humanity, started with a pacifist going against his beliefs to save his friend.
0: So sad.
1: So, yeah. it, it When I read that for the first time, I'm like, wait a minute. He... <laughs> The first human death in the human covenant war was Henry yep. Gibson from a rock. from a, a rock. Hurricock. Oh <laughs> So ladies and gents, please take your time and pour one out for lighter than some. Thank you. Ah okay. Sorry it's for that dang. Like, it's
0: like one of my favorite side stories with the hurragogs. It's like Yeah.
1: Okay yeah i mean let's face it you're i know i know you your favorite character is lighter than some
0: uh-huh yep i, mean, I love it more than anything more than anything, else
1: than anything it's lighter than some i mean he has one of the lighter than some has one of the best has one of the most interesting stories overall um it's it goes into a ton of detail in uh contact harvest which is a novel written by joe Staten. um i highly recommend it you know pick it up from on your Kindle, Audible, whatever, it, it's definitely worth it.
0: Uh, it also has a really cool insight into Sarge
1: as well. Yes, it actually goes into the background of uh, Avery Johnson, and it has the only sex scene in all of Halo. Yeah, oh
0: gosh, wow. Yeah, yeah it does, doesn't uh, it?
1: Yes. Huh. That was written kind of awkwardly. I yeah, realize, I, was, I honestly a, didn't...
0: Idea. I. I didn't even remember that until you said that yeah. but, it, 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 but more importantly, was, it's if, gotten
1: lighter than some, and that's the yeah. only reason
0: you need to worry about that book
1: yes and there's a lot of really good things in that book, but yeah, lighter than some is probably the story of lighter than some, um especially in the greater scheme of how everything started um, it's definitely interesting so after after that point um becoming you know. Pony lays lace trap. The minor transgression falls into that trap, and um, the only only beings that are able to get away are Dadab and Lighter than some. And they're picked up by the ship Rapid Conversion. Uh, this is a um, a ship that's been being crewed actually by brutes. <laughs> um, okay. And the luminary there ends up leading the um, the covenant to harvest. This is the human world that most of the ships that the minor transgression were raiding came from. Um, So I I mentioned the term luminary. Um, This is a device that the Covenant used to search for and locate Forerunner relics and artifacts. Um, The reason that they ended up going to harvest was because a large number of Forerunner relics and artifacts were found there or identified there. Now, upon seeing this, this information was sent back to High Charity. Yeah. At the same time, on High Charity, two profit bureaucrats were scheming to introduce a new age of reclamation, with as, themselves as hierarchs on the high con- on the high council. Essentially, these were guys who were trying to make a power play and gain power. There were they were the Minister of Fortitude, otherwise known as Ord Casto, and the Vice Minister of Tranquility, otherwise known as Logmaron. Now. As I mentioned in the intro episode, to the way that the religion was based was um, to do this, they needed the blessing of the oracle, which meant, now again, this was a fragment of mendicant bias on the key ship. Now, however, because the oracle mendicant bias had been inactive, that meant that they had to convince the phlo- philo- philologist to essentially say, yes, the oracle's naming these two as high prophets. This uh, philologist was by the name of Odd rumpt So, <laughs> they're meeting there in the key ship uh, to discuss their plans and the offers and whatnot when the information from Rapid Conversion was delivered. A long-dormant oracle awakes, meaning Mendic of Bias finally woke up. During this... Which was not part of a- their original plan. <laughs> no, this actually <laughs> stunned everybody because... Th- the oracle had never spoken before even though they said the oracle had spoken before you know Mm -hmm. religion go figure (laughs) sorry that's (sighs) slightly flawed opinions
0: opinions expressed on this show do not
1: (laughs) yeah i I shouldn't say no it's it's the worst aspects of it and, right. Right. Yeah. You know, well,
0: and and this and this is undercut by the political maneuvers that yes. these prophets are trying to mm-hmm. to pull off.
1: So yeah. So my apologies for anyone I didn't mean to insult anyone. I yeah. And speaking mainly specifically on the halo, I'm speaking on the halo front on this altogether. So yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna stop digging myself into a hole, and we're gonna move forward here. Um. So like I said, this actually stunned everybody. They hadn't. Really realized that this was the case, um, and it was at this point in time that Manda Bias reported to the to the three prophets that they actually weren't reading the forerunner symbols correctly. That the relics weren't relics; they were actually humans, and he called and they called the humans reclaimers, and that they were his makers. Now, at this point, the prophets specifically ordered Casto incorrectly thought that the humans were actually living forerunners that were left behind after the firing of the halo rings. Now, what mendicant bias wanted to do is because he was still trying to make amends for everything that happened with the flood with the forerunners. he wanted to take the dreadnought to go to harvest, pick up the humans, and then take them to the ark um, to essentially allow them to reclaim the glory that was or claim everything that the forerunners had.
0: Well, and also wasn't that also part of taking up the mantle?
1: <clears throat> yes, because okay. the the forerunner the the mantle responsibility was actually which the forerunners had and they essentially failed at was to pass to humanity mm-hmm. um so but as mendicant bias was spinning everything up the uh prophets essentially sent the golo worms in and had them disable the conduits for that would power that would allow the ship to leave so at this point in time mendicant bias and the key ship can't leave and so they're now left with this of oh okay all this new information is like oh so everything we thought really isn't the case and uh it was the fortitude that stated that if the remainder of the government learned of this they would probably rebel because it would undercut everything that their religion was based upon so what the three decided to do surprise yes yeah, they said nope nope we're going to go ahead with our plan and essentially uh the philologist announced that the oracle had spoken and had named fortitude tranquility and the philologist as the new high prophets they took the names truth regret and mercy um truth essentially being the leader regret being the young hothead and mercy being the old dude so they took power um and essentially said you know and again they were they're the high prophets and whatever they said went they then announced that the humans had destroyed the foreign relics on harvest and as such as pay, as punishment for their heresy they were to be eradicated so this leads um to the conflict at harvest which um the initial assault from the covenant on harvest um the response for the for the the militia and how they were able to at this point disable the rapid conversion using the planet's mass driver cannon, which allowed a number of, of, uh, of the planet to, es- to escape. Um, the rapid conversion was replaced by another covenant super destroyer where the scout ship Argo, no, I'm sorry. The scout ship Argo was sent fr- to harvest that was actually destroyed by the rapid conversion. The rapid conversion was placed by a covenant super destroyer. Uh, the UNSC sent a hastily put together fleet out to harvest of which only one ship came back the Heracles to report that and essentially um essentially pretty much said in English that the uh, destruction of the human race was the will of their gods and they were the instrument so again this this is where the you know the Covenant would then use their luminaries to detect human worlds, and would would start destroying them. The primary way they would do this is that they would glass them. Uh, what this is is a plasma bombardment from space by Covenant ships. Um, once, like the the they would go ahead and they would assault the planet, retrieve whatever they wanted to retrieve. They would then retreat, and then the ships would then activate their glassing beams and start to crisscrossed the entire planet until the entire planet was glass.
0: And those planets have really bad records.
1: Yes. Now, throughout this, there were some, uh, elites that wondered why humanity was not given a chance to join the covenant. Um, you know, and throughout the early years, the UNSC really didn't have much of a, uh, they discovered that it would, they needed at least three to one odds to defeat the covenant. Um, mainly because the shielding was significantly better. The Covenant could do pinpoint slip-space jumps inside of systems, which the UNSC could not do. Uh, it was at this point in time that um, Preston J. Cole uh, came to be known as a as the hero of the UNSC prior to the Spartans. Um, he led a number of fights against the Covenant with a massive fleet. Um, And defeated the Covenants in space, which was exceedingly rare uh, to do, uh, until his supposed death at the Battle of Sis Serpentis. Uh, But um, this continued on slowly as the UNSC would actually had gotten to the point where, with the use of the Spartans, um, they could actually hold their own against the ground assaults um, and even punch back a bit. But when it came to space the UNSC just could not keep uh, pace. There were some victories here and there, but there really weren't that many. Um, One of the notable ones was Sigma Octanus 4, Mm -hmm. and that was Jacob Keys when he took out two destroyers, a cruiser, and drove off an assault carrier. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I mean, so, like I said, um, pretty much it was, at this point, at, at after the, after harvest, it was kind of downhill for humanity. Uh, they had some, uh, good spots, um, up until, and, and the covenant had the UNSC on the ropes. And also as part of this was the introduction of the coal protocol for the UNSC. This was written by Preston J. Cole. And it pretty much said that the covenant were never, you know, could not find where earth was. Um, if it looked like something was going to be captured, the order was to self-destruct and destroy your nav data. Uh, ships could not, like if they had to make jumps, they had to jump away at a random vector. They could not be, they definitely could not jump in a straight line back to Earth or any major planet. Um, you know, it's also in 2552, you know, after 30, 20 some years, um, the reach was found. That's one of the major world's uh, uh, military bases used by the UNSC. Again, Halo Reach, uh, that fight. Um, So it kind of went this way up until 2552 when (laughs) the Prophet of Regret took a fleet and made a jump um, and actually mistakenly found Earth and assaulted Earth um, essentially to and located the portal, excuse me, the portal at Voy. Uh, again, these this is the events of Halo 2 and Halo ODST. Um, after an assault by um, Spartan 117 <laughs> in the UNSC, he jumps out and they find uh, another Halo ring. And it's on this Halo ring that Master Chief kills uh, the Prophet of Regret in one of the most pain in the butt <laughs> fights in the game.
0: What what could possibly go wrong <laughs> with with so, a guy in a hover chair in the middle
1: of an open room? Yes, with with uh with it, elites it was, who can one shot you. With, yeah, with elite uh, honor guards and oh, the uh, plasma cannons that he had in the arms of his chair, and how you couldn't shoot him. You had to jump. You had to jump on the chair, punch him a few times, jump off, and then do it again. <laughs> I think on legendary you had to hit him like 20 sometimes. Oh yeah, it, legendary. It was was,
0: legendary was just uh... <laughs>
1: <laughs> So, at at that point, um with his death, um came what was known as the Great Schism. Um the uh prophets had started to fall think that the elites were not the most loyal to them, and in this um, because of the failures that the elites had, the destruction of the original Halo Ring, the death of Regret, uh, the Brutes were actually given the the place that the elites held. They were in charge of the fleets. They became the honor guard for the for the prophets. And what the what Truth actually did was gave orders to purge the elites from the Covenant. Um, this essentially started a civil war. Again, it was known as the Great Schism. The elites, led by the Arbiter Vadam and Shipmaster Artas Vadum, fought, fought back against the Covenant. They ended up being joined by other races like Golo, um, excuse me, Grunts. Um, you know, so they they found allies to fight against the Covenant, um, and eventually allied with humanity to um, kind of to fight against them. So, which culminated all in Halo Three.
0: And we're going to take a quick break to give brains a break.
1: Are you an avid player of the Elder Scrolls Online and looking to take your game to that next level? Well, the Red Diamond Courier podcast is here to help. I'm Bob Chichinski. And I'm Dogbark24. We are two experienced players aiming to help others learn and improve through in-game knowledge and references. From PvE. To PvP. And everything in between. There's sure to be something for you in the Red Diamond Courier. We,
0: we hope, hope you check, check us out. out. Thanks. Okay, so Ooh. wow, in Halo Three, yeah, we we have we're we're picking up the pieces from this Great Schism, uh, mm-hmm. which which you know really I think shook the Covenant. It seems, yeah. Um, and honestly, I, th- I would almost say the Great Schism was m- maybe a catalyst that led that would eventually lead to the the Covenant at least restructuring significantly, um, if yeah. not if not breaking up entirely, depending
1: on how well, you want to look at it. This the the Great Schism, um, which actually, I'm sorry, that was actually in t- uh, Halo Two. Right, right. Sorry, yeah. But, uh, but Halo but, Three but, is but, 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 yeah. But when you, when you get into Halo Three, it's this is where you see the Sangheili teaming up with humanity to defeat the Um This is um, Regret and Mercy both die in Halo 2, which leaves Truth to be the only prophet left. He takes a fleet, comes to Earth. Um, I'm sorry. At the end of Halo 2, Truth gets aboard the key ship and abandons High Charity. He, then that key ship makes its way to Voy. It lands and it goes ahead and it activates the portal that the Forerunners place there. This portal opens up and essentially leads the Sangheili to the Ark. This is where all the Halo rings could be fired. Um and the other thing you have to remember about this is the flood is also being bound is also present at this time, making things even more interesting. Um but in the end, um the arbiter is the um, the halo rings are about to be fired, but the arbiter, along with help from Master Chief, is able to slay the truth and stop him from doing so. So, uh, and then after that, it was just defeating the flood and initiating a firing sequence from on the on installation 08, which was the halo ring created. Once Installation 04 was destroyed as its replacement, uh, it wasn't fully done, but it was able to be fired to wipe out the Flood that was on the Ark. Um, then you have the end of Halo 3 where Arbiter and Chief get aboard the Ford unto Dawn. It ends up getting split in two in slip space. When the slip space portal actually collapses, it, um, the Arbiter is able to return back to, is back, return back to Earth. Master Chief is left floating. space Um, at this point in time this is the end of the covenant um as it was originally constituted now with any organization like that once it once its leaders um fall uh, fall it usually starts to splinter so in the post-war um we start seeing a number of numerous uh, remnants appear some large some small. Um, some are offshoots of these offshoots, but these are the primary ones, um, that, um, uh, that appear in the Halo universe. The first are the Swords of Sanghelios. This is a group loyal to Thelvadam, Thel-Vadam the Arbiter. Um, it's primarily Sangheli although there are, uh, Grunts and I think some Kigyar and like Golo that are there. Um they see, they seek to have peace with humanity now in addition to abandoning the covenant religion they also kind of abandoned the traditional sanghili beliefs th- that the forerunners were gods and that you know the technology should not be used they the swords were practical um again you have to remember that sanghili society up until this point was very patriarchal uh, but under the swords was the first time you saw females actually get positions of command inside of the military. Um, you actually see this, uh, in halo five. Um, mm-hmm. and it's, it's actually specifically mentioned, uh, when Osiris team, o- fire team Osiris arrives on Sanghelios. um, in opposition of the swords is the servants of abiding truth, uh, this is led by the Sangheili, a uh, former Sangheili general by the name of uh, Avu Med Telkam. Um, he was a very much a traditionalist, um, as in what the Sangheili's believed prior to joining the covenant. Um, and while they did not like the covenant, they did not like the fact that Delvedam um, was abandoning the traditional beliefs now that they were free of the covenant. Um, it is these two... Are the two major factors, major opposing sides on Sanghelios. And actually, uh, Oni worked to foment a civil war between the two to keep them fighting each other instead of turning on humanity. Next, you have the Keepers of the One Freedom. This was led by the Brute Chieftain Castor. And actually, this group actually held on to the original Covenant beliefs the belief in the Great Journey, the belief of transcending from your current status to godhood. Uh, The other difference is they actually allowed humans to join their group, Uh, and also they work with humans. Uh, Their capital is on the planet Venezia, and they actually have allies on the planet Gao, um, which is actually featured in um, a couple of books. Uh, They had some large Forerunner facilities there, a life worker Hurghoc was at that location as well and actually Gao was a uh, mm. also a central um also the location of some insurrectionists as well uh which started mm, cropping yeah. up after the the war completed at this time uh, as of 2559 the keepers actually are allied with the banished um they were on reach to try to help locate the uh information for the forerunner portal um, and um as last note at last note the keepers were actually on their way to the ark um dun 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 to possibly see about following through on their religious beliefs then we have the banished um <clears throat> And I know we, we've, kind of, we've kind of covered Vanished before, uh, so real quick, they're led by Atriox and um, another war chieftain by the name of Asharam. Um, they were formed by Atriox after he became disillusioned with the Covenant, um, specifically after being sent to, uh, with 39 other of his packmates uh, to be thrown against UNSC lines, uh, and he was the only one who ever came back. Uh, the Covenant just tried to kill him, they thought that he would be too much of a huge rallying point um, against the Covenant, and uh, and they were right. <laughs> yeah. The he, uh, the Banished are not religious at all, and it actually was the earliest of all these splinter groups. Um, it was formed while the Covenant was still kind of at the height of their power, um, and uh, you know they raided everybody. They raided the Covenant. They raided the UNSC.
0: Yeah, they were they were Sorry. very non-discriminatory <laughs> against who they nope. who they took on,
1: and they're pretty they're pretty fearsome force too. Mm-hmm. And then the the last one that we come across in game is actually Dama's covenant. Who's now, that? Dama was originally a uh, a member of the servants of the abiding truth. Now the thing is that he disliked the covenant. He did not like. Uh, Thelvadam, but he really wasn't that religious. Um, <clears throat> it ended up that um, he was the one who found that Oni was trying to push a civil war between elites, which, um, <clears throat> and it was that civil war that caused his wife to be killed. Uh, this led him; um, he kind of used the concept of uh, of religion to draw people to his side, even though he didn't believe it. Um and his main goal was to enter the Shield World Requiem and ally with the Didact to take power since both really disliked humanity. Um those are the those are the pretty much major ones. Um there are like I said, there are other ones. There was um a splinter group from Jewel and Dama's Covenant that he ruthlessly stomped out, um, and, and a number of others. Um, but those are the kind of like the major ones of, uh, that are present in the Halo universe at this time. At this time. Yeah. And I, I think like to kind of
0: wrap it up as much as possible. Um, because this is such like, I mean, the, the this, this topic is, it's immense. Like as with any yeah. topic that I feel like we try to tackle. Um, but like the big, the big focus seems to be going to be on the banished. Um, Going into infinite, at least,
1: yeah, yeah. The, because the like Depilumian the whole going to be it.
0: Because like, sort of saying Helios, and um, what was it the um, not keepers the servants, of the, the keep? Yeah, what? Keepers, no, keepers yeah. was keepers. Halo Five was the keepers the ones oh. that did the bombing in uh, Nightfall.
1: I can't remember if that was the keepers or not. I th- it may have been.
0: I because th- I can't. Or I can't my, remember. That
1: might have been. That might have been the servants of abiding truth.
0: Uh yeah it might have been. Yeah. So like okay. but I mean like the swords were definitely prevalent in Halo five. Mm-hmm. Jewel, Jewel Madama was what, Halo Four? Halo Four, Spartan Ops. Spartan Ops, that's right. Um mm-hmm. and so the the banish seems to be really the the, the focus, which I I'm, I'm really I'm actually really excited to see where they're gonna go with the banished. Um but that being said just again, a big thanks for 10s putting together what is this, like over ten pages of notes yeah. on, yeah, and, and, on and, the I, and
1: I know I I know I've I, I've with any summary of these kind of topics, it's like I I could get drilled down into minutiae, so there's stuff that um that some people pick up said like, go well that I missed and they'd be totally right. Yeah, but I mean uh, but it's, that it's also a lot of information and uh <laughs> right. so, but yeah. I
0: mean that's like that's like talking about anything his like Anything that has been well thought out and presented in the way that, you know, honestly the Halo universe has to this point been, there's so many things that have been very ironed out as far as details. And it's both the beauty of it and it's also the bane of it because talking about it you have to have i mean it's like there it's like the conversation about halsey right everything comes back to halsey um so if you hate halsey you're gonna get upset eventually because it's gonna come back to that character Mm -hmm. um you know that that's just but that's just the facet of one of the central characters being that character in and so you know i think again I would, I would reiterate, like what you were saying in the intro session, huge shout-out to Halopedia. Halopedia is one of those sites that just it makes doing not just research but also just brushing up on, you know, who are these people, it makes it a lot easier. Um, it's not yeah, that it's going to be super easy, but it will make it a lot more streamlined. It will point out the different, you know, resources and all the different, you know, source material that you really want to look at. Um, I don't, I don't, yeah, it depends. I don't know. Do you have any last thoughts on the covenant before we, before we sign off?
1: Uh, The covenant was, uh, and is a very interesting uh, opponent in the halo games. And, and they were, they're really well thought out and put together. Um, And they really have a lot of really unique characters in it. Um, So, but, um, not going to lie, putting together all that information is kind of, da- it was daunting. Uh, it's definitely interesting though. Um, you know, it, it, this information isn't all it's just in one book. There's a whole, it's spread throughout all the novels and mm-hmm. all the other lore, but it, it's definitely an inter- interesting one. And, uh, you know, if you're looking for just, uh, the probably the best summary, Halopedia will have it. Um, and there are a number of other content creators in Halo who've done excellent videos on the Covenant. Uh, Halo Cannon, Installation 00, um, just to name a couple. And then, you know, podcasts like Podcast Evolved and whatnot um, who've done amazing, and Forward Unto Dawn who've done amazing jobs with, 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 with getting deeper into it. Um, but overall... Um, I just want to take the time to say, you know, thanks again for having me on. Um, for anyone who for everyone who's listening to this, you know, thank you for taking the time to listen to my insane ramblings. <laughs> um, I do appreciate it. And uh, I appreciate you giving the opportunity to come on and talk about something that I really enjoy. Uh, and I really love the Halo universe, so Definitely. We we
0: I I mean, I love learning more about it and I feel like, you know, I know We've gotten messages about this, but I feel like every time we have you on, we always learn something new, and that's really, you know, that's why we keep, that's why we keep having you back. That's just enjoyable as all oh, hell. Yeah. Um, but that all being said, as usual, I want to thank you for your time. And until next time, remember: with wisdom we conquer. Stand strong. Stand tall. And keep exploring. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments and or questions for the team concerning the podcast and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. So until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright.